Welcome back and thank you for joining us here on Nerds from the Crypt, where we're here to chew bubblegum and review horror movies, and we're all about done with the horror movies. Um, I said that backwards. <laughs> it no. wouldn't it wouldn't be a regular intro from you, Saul, if you didn't. Actually, actually I was gonna do two of them. Or I was gonna do two of them. Oh my! I was like, I wasn't do that one. Or like, we're here to chew bubblegum and review horror movies, and we're all about we're all out of uh, bubblegum. So just I can go backwards. I like, oh, we're not about we're not all about done with horror movies just yet, you know. <laughs> so I did write two of them. I just didn't sure wasn't which sure was going to use. You overfolded them. <laughs> Thank you for joining us here, and uh, with me as always are my co-hosts. Hey everybody, it's Greg, and it's David. And thank you guys for joining us again. Like I said, we're going to be going over the, uh, what is this, uh, 1988? Yeah. Is that when this came up? 88. Yep. 1988, They Live by John Carpenter. And uh, we're inter- we're uh, bringing back Mike Tanner to, to the show to go ahead and talk about this movie. Um, Good how morning. you doing today, Mike? I'm doing all right. I got some coffee. I'm uh, I'm sitting in the dark waiting for my eyes to open. I'm ready to do this. Putting yes. up with RBS. <laughs> ah, it's too early for this shit. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the last couple of weeks we've had actually pretty good intros, and uh, this time around it's just like it just went all over the place, like that shotgun. Can't win. I ball. jinxed it. You're just saying I jinxed it. That's fine. That's fine. No, this is perfect. This is the best. This is the best out of the gate train wreck I've heard in a long time. This seems Solid like a good, this seems like a good intro. I'm 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 down yeah. for it. Just keep it all. Keep it all. Yeah, this is the yeah. flavor the show needs. People are gonna go. Oh my gosh, this is the. Sp- oh my alarm clock went off finally. <laughs> oh my god, I thought it was I the ice wait. cream truck. <laughs> I thought the ice cream truck was driving through your neighborhood at seven a.m. I was like, what a marvelous neighborhood that is. <laughs> I wish I could, and that's why my cat attacked me this morning. Because <laughs> <laughs> cat wants ice cream. Yes, exactly. Uh, ooh, ice cream. It wants a dilly bar. Uh, I think uh, Greg was still under last week's. Um, Time, time. Um, what's it called? Oh Alarm yeah, clock. yeah. Eight yeah. o'clock. Eight o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyways, guys, uh, let's catch up with Mike. Mike, you've been on the show once, yeah. um, talking about Junior Braves of the Apocalypse with uh, with Greg. Greg was uh, actually a, a guest on that particular episode. Oh my gosh! Um, what's new? Well, much like every um, person here during the quarantine, I started a podcast since last time I was on the show. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> Did you I, uh, hear that Amazon ran out of of mics? <laughs> that makes sense. I'm glad I got mine early. Wow. And I just have like a not even a top shelf Yeti model like you guys. You guys are fancy. Uh, I have So I started a podcast called Burn After Pitching. It's part of the Grand Geek Gathering Network of Podcasts. It's a comedy podcast where we have different uh, creators and, and actors and, and writers and such people and podcasters on to pitch ideas on a subject and then we all talk about them so an episode that's coming up pretty soon um is about musicals we have a panel of um stage actors on who pitch new broadway musicals um and we've done like uh let's see video games um cartoon reboots all different subjects just you pitch an idea and then we talk about them and uh, as far as um junior braves what's what's new with that 
Uh, there's the role-playing game uh, module of Kids on Bikes uh, for Junior Braves that's coming out um, in June still, I think, unless mm-hmm. plans have changed. Um, as as yeah, so yeah, so this is kind of a meant to be a gateway drug of RPGs. Um, you get you get them like you know ages ten to like thirteen playing them um, Junior Braves role-playing games, and then they'll you know they'll start their own podcast where they play <laughs> Dungeons and Dragons <laughs> with their friends. We're gonna try to try to play that on on um, the podcast. See if that works out. <laughs> it's a it's clearly there's an audience for it. But if you told me that oh yeah you can listen to a bunch of strangers play a role playing game, that sounds like the most boring thing in the world to me. But people are into it in a big way. Oh, I just found a new one. Yeah. I just found yeah. the Doctor Who one. I just found another Doctor Who one. <laughs> Oh, is that the yeah, um, yeah. Rassilon? What is it? Ah, yes. Something. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's um, one of the people that that's part of also done with the Grand Geek Gathering Network. So that's like a sister show mm-hmm. to Burn After Pitching. Cool. Nice. Nice. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Uh, I told Greg, Greg, yeah. I just want another podcast. And yeah. um, I'm going to just go down the rabbit hole in that one. And you did. <laughs> You're like, did. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> message after um, message. So- so yeah, so last week we we reviewed the thing with Shay from All Crime No Cattle, and he brought up the the fact the, of the um the 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 thing RPG, and we said we should probably try to do that one as well. And he he actually said that it's actually available through uh, Steam, um, that you're able to customize oh, okay. uh, tabletop yeah. and all that. So you might be able to do that with uh, the Junior Braves one, and yes. uh, we can all do yeah. this um online. Play on the Steam table. Ooh, fancy. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how to do that, right? But I could learn. We're all learning new things. We've got time. That's exactly. True, yeah. Well, <laughs> just keep Texas going. is opening up next week, so I don't know. Uh, hmm, are you? Yeah. So. <laughs> well, I mean, you might I, have I a mean, second we're... round of time. Yeah, well, yeah. that's true. It's just a little bit later than everybody else. <laughs> Texas always does everything bigger than everyone else. So that's true. Yeah. Anything else we want you to catch up with, uh, with Mike? Uh, no, uh, you can, uh, check out my website by michaeltanner.com. Um, that's why I, I put up like blog postings and short stories and other content that people can pop on by and check out. Pie photos. Uh, no, well, maybe ah, there's probably something maybe, on there. Okay. Man. Cause that, that pie you made the other day looked really good. Oh yeah. <laughs> the, um, the painkiller pie. Yes. Whoa! Now, okay. So my favorite tiki drink is a painkiller, which is just coconut, uh, pineapple, orange juice, you know, rum, and then like nutmeg. Uh, Favorite drink. And so my wife and I like worked out how to turn that into a pie because I love pie. Um, Yeah. So we're still like tweaking the recipe, but it was uh, was pretty good. Cheddar's has a painkiller. And they um, they limit you to two per um, <laughs> per guest. <laughs> wow! Oh man. I... Okay, guys. Like I said, we're going to be talking about They Live, uh, another John Carpenter movie, back to back John Carpenter movies. Uh, and uh, I'm going to go ahead and ask you all: When was the first time you all saw this movie? I saw it in the theater with my dad. Like, nice. Don't remember like why. Just me and my dad went to the movies, but we went. Uh, I remember that it was the uh, movie theater in the mall in Great Falls, Montana, where I grew up. Um, yeah, like I, I saw it because I was a, you know, a wrestling fan and had Roddy, Roddy Piper in it. So, uh, <laughs> but I was like, I remember thinking it was really good. And of course, since the movie ends on a boob shot, that was like, 
perfect movie to see with your dad when you're literally eight years old. Like, yeah. did you go? Yes. I was like, I think I looked at him to be like, Oh, is this okay? <laughs> is this one of those things that you're like, you told your mom and your mom was like, what the heck did you take him to? I, I feel like that is the thing I would have run into that saying like, mom, there are boobs in the movie. <laughs> I saw boobies. David, did you have the same issue? Uh, that my mom got mad at me for watching the movie. Yes. <laughs> she did. Yeah, last night, uh, as a 24-year-old, I called my mom and said there was a boob in the movie I was watching. <laughs> well, she listened to the podcast, you said, so she's going to know. <laughs> <laughs> she's going to be so uh, mad, dude. <laughs> she's going to call Greg, and he's not going to be oh, happy. I, and then I'm gonna be, I'm gonna, she's going to be like, how could you let my son be part of this <laughs> i'm so sorry i'm so sorry what kind of internship is this i don't know it's a de- it's a bad one i'm a i'm a bad bad man how about you greg uh you know so before before we're talking about before the podcast where uh, mike and i were goofing but the the literal truth was i slept on this until probably college and and mike was like you gotta watch this movie and uh i was like why <laughs> and and he sat me down and made me like made me watch this and I, I think we watched it a few times uh through college and, and life and stuff like that but it's it was definitely like whoa what was i missing why was i missing this <laughs> yeah i life. think it really probably shocked me that you hadn't seen it because you know you're two years older or one year older than me like yeah how did you not like end up like renting it a dozen times I, as a kid yeah I don't know. I think like it was like one of those things where I just thought maybe it was like uh, I, you know, I'd seen like other stuff. And and honestly, like the fact that it's a Carpenter movie, and I and okay, I'm like you know Keith David. You know, it's like (laughs) we went to we've seen two Keith David movies back to back, guys. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) So and uh, and and I was like, oh my gosh, you know, what was I was I missing? Because like I was just it was that good but yeah no i don't know i don't know how i missed it in my life it's actually uh, keith david's uh third or fourth mention in this podcast too yeah yeah totally uh, we did tales from the hood too mm-hmm. <laughs> yep tales from the hood too and davis talked about gargoyles once or twice so that's true yeah, yeah. all the time all the time <laughs> <laughs> and i actually didn't see this until um a couple of years ago actually but you know what? I feel like I had already seen it so many times. I knew the references from this mm-hmm. movie without ever had seen the movie, especially the the catchphrase that everybody knows. You know, um, who wants to who wants to repeat the catchphrase? So, because I'm gonna screw it up. I have come here to chew bubble gum and to kick ass, and I'm all out of bubble gum. <laughs> oh, that's so good. That's Done why properly. we watched it on the the podcast, or I suggested it because I was like going down some rabbit holes of like quotable movie lines, and I was like, "Where is this line from?" And Greg was like, "Oh boy, you gotta watch it." <laughs> I, I pulled the I pulled the mic. <laughs> <laughs> that's the origin all- of that line. Is pretty funny because. Mm-hmm. It was something. It was a line that Piper came up with to use in a wrestling promo, but it never, never really. Did. He never did, and so like they needed something when they were on set. He was like, ah, you know, you know, I got an idea for something I should say in this scene, and it's a great memorable line, but it seems really out of place for the character. Like, 
that character yeah. would not like talk like that. <laughs> so, it, no. so it seems out of place, but it's such a like great line. It, it works somehow. It's Can't, like Roddy Roddy Piper forgot what, what he was doing. He just yeah. went on a, <laughs> a promo. I'm a loner who doesn't talk a lot, but I'm going to go into a bank and say this <laughs> badass line. <laughs> I, honestly, from that point on, and, and not to like jump too far ahead, but from that point on, it's almost like he flipped the switch and he just changed to a different person. Oh, that's that true. Line. He does. He does become more quippy. Yeah, yeah. And, and everything from that point on is like, boom, 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 boom. And the movie just goes from zero to 60 and does not let off the gas. Do you, do we think that it's because, uh, he's been awakened? Oh yeah. Oh, he's put on the glasses. Yep. You know, uh, no one actually knows his name in the movie. He never says his name in the movie. No. It's not until the final, um, well, the credits that we see that his name is not just, he's credited as Nada. And um, I think it's, I think in the book or in the, in the short story, it's John or Mike Nada. I think it's Jack like Nada. That. Jack Nada, something like that. <laughs> it could be. Um, I had an um, uh, issue of Starlog magazine from when the movie came out. Which had like oh. an in-depth article, so I still remember bits, and it showed pages out of the um, the graphic novel that it was based on, um, mm. or I guess I, I would comic. I, I think it was maybe serialized in a magazine as a as a comic, um, mm-hmm. where it goes into a bit like not as much more of just like an, a regular guy, um, and he um, um, he goes to a magic show or a hypnotist. And he gets hypnotized, and when the um, the hypnotist tells him to awake, that's when he awakes, literally, and he can see the aliens. That's the that's the reveal in the in the original. And the aliens look um, like kind of green potato monsters with like buggy eyeballs on stems, so they look super alien. Um, but yeah, that's a uh, and yeah, and so that's how it gets in. That's how a lot of my like background is. I remember that article so well. So I'm like, oh yeah, his name is is his name is Jack Nada, and blah 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 blah. And yeah, I'm a big nerd. <laughs> <laughs> we all, are. yeah, uh, yeah. So so what I was saying is that that John Carpenter did they didn't have a backstory for for Nada, and he actually asked uh, Roddy Roddy Piper to come up with his own story backstory for him. But that w- without telling anybody what the backstory was, and as far as I know, he never told anybody in in, in a any type of um, what's it called, any type of interview. He never told anybody what his whole own backstory for the character was. I don't know if he actually did it or not, but <laughs> which also it, it seems like a pretty easy thing to ask of a wrestler, right? Like he's in the ring making up all these storylines and things for his character, like. Who knows how in depth of a story Roddy made up just to like give himself this, <laughs> this this person. True. Honestly, I think it's just he's just playing Roddy Roddy Piper. Oh <laughs> he's yeah, a man from parts unknown. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, we start the movie with uh, this just you know just normal right normal things happening around around Nada. Um, takes a while to get started, but I it gets you into the into the into the feel of the movie how, where how everybody just kind of just goes on their life no one really knows what's going on he's a drifter he comes on he comes and meets um keith david uh what's his, his name um uh i think it's mac frank. oh man i frank. don't know anything right now frank yeah. frank frank i don't know where i got carl from but you know I, 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 that is a done on purpose it makes you makes us kind of get into into not as um frame of mind right because he's supposed to be a stand-in for all of us we 
we're trying to um, see his world through his eyes, literally. Um, and he is just going through the through the day like like normal, and everybody else is too. After he gets hired, uh, okay, we jump that far ahead. When he gets hired of the construction crew, uh, Frank takes him to this kind of um, uh, basically like a homeless community um, and shanty town. Yeah, mm-hmm. shanty town, and um, they have a little system built with food lines and little couches and TV. Um, and John Carpenter actually filmed that in actual like homeless community uh, and paid all of those people like a day's wage to like be extras in the movie. Um, oh wow, which is pretty cool. Now that is that's kind of like a little like a little commune, right? Without without all the culty stuff. i mean you know i mean we're getting there (laughs) yeah it's not too far as someone who lives in los angeles it's not too far off from what like skid row in la actually looks like today so much not much has changed it's essentially uh i think they did yeah it's more in an abandoned like you know like plot of land which Mm -hmm. If memory serves like that, there's now probably high rise apartments like on where they filmed that. But um, it's yeah, yeah, it's it's pretty true to I think Los Angeles in you know 1988 and 2020. And the first thing that we see or actually hear uh, that something might be up is the the preacher, the street preacher, talking about how they have um, recruited the rich and powerful and that are controlling humans and the police show up to kind of shut him up here. So he kind of hears that he doesn't really know. He doesn't really give it too much thought. Right? He just kind of just keeps going. John Carpenter wrote this to be kind of a, a, um, um, I, I guess a wake up call <laughs> to, to the United States on Reaganomics. Yeah. I mean, John Carpenter has gone on to say that he felt this is kind of a documentary in a lot of ways. Um, <laughs> <laughs> which i mean I he's pretty it. extreme in interviews yeah and uh, <laughs> they live is an overtly political movie um like kind of like the best horror even though it's 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 more action than horror but like the best horror movies are overtly political because they're they're putting a kind of horrific skin on real life issues and this movie's all about like the horrors of of reaganomics and how it's been like Carpenter said like this movie is, is still relevant. It's never not been relevant to how people are living. And we're seeing, you know, we're, we're, we're still seeing the effects and we still see, we'll, we'll still see the effects of it unless something major changes. Will the key to I mean, it be sunglasses? I don't know. There's a reason. Yeah. I mean, there's a reason why the main person is a drifter and, and, you know, we see him right off the bat, in a shanty town, you know, yeah. uh, around with other homeless people who are just trying to live. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I was going to say like my, my wife, the most like non-political, non like whatever, you know, like person she's, and she's sitting back setting up her, her Twitch channel last night while I'm watching this movie <laughs> and she's kind of paying some attention and with everything else going on in the world, she looks and she's like, this movie's totally nailing it. <laughs> so, so she's like, when was this made? And I was like, in the eighties. And she's like, yeah. <laughs> and then yeah. just goes back to making her Twitch channel. <laughs> but <laughs> The, 
like I said, the, the hacker on the TV says we need to wake up to what's going on. And later on, uh, Nada sees Gilbert, the leader of the Shanty Town, uh, decide that he, uh, well, not decide, <laughs> he sees him um, go into into the church next door or across the street with the the blind uh, blind preacher. Um, he decides to to keep track of him with Frank telling him, you know, just keep your mind, you know, keep keep to yourself, don't get in trouble, whatever. Uh, the next morning he goes over and he pretty much figures out that the church is just a cover uh, with uh, cassette playing and all so forth. Mm-hmm. And he kind of, he kind of hears what's going on. They kind of, he tells them that with the glasses, they can, you can see them and um, they're able to, but there's, they still also have a, what is it? A, a problem that they might not be strong enough to continue using I, or I, something like that. I thought that they were going to ask him to go and recruit three more people under him to get three more people under them to get three more people. And then he would be at the top of the pyramid and he would make more money. That's how their scheme would work. I mean, I mean, that's how, yes. And he would get all the bubble gum, but, and, and really cool pair of sunglasses. But that, I mean, that's how, that's how those things work. Right. Like that's not that far off. Like really, because part of the messaging (laughs) is like you see like the blind preacher and the like the television hacker is they are they have a point and they are trying mm-hmm. to alert people but they sound like freaking crazy people so of course they're yeah. not gonna be able to recruit anyone so that's yeah. i think that's also carpenter like criticizing like the left in a way with like you're you have a good message you just have the wrong people trying to convey it um mm-hmm. so then so yeah, yeah so so Nada like finds the sunglasses, you know, and he, he gets his awakening, which, you know, he, the modern equivalent would be like, he goes on a like progressive blog and that's well-written. <laughs> and he's like, oh, <laughs> my mind's been blown. I've been awakened. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and then he starts tweeting about it. Yeah. <laughs> and then he goes to Twitter with a bunch of crazy <laughs> memes he's been making. And just a lot of hashtag. He's a hashtag activist. Oh my gosh! Yes. <laughs> so, uh, so right now, um, the preacher, I guess, the preacher was never influenced because he's blind, right? He's never seen. He's not seen all these uh, messages that everybody else is watching. Or maybe he it's has. God has he's made him seen. see. Oh, and God maybe. is, of course, a leftist. So he's seen with his soul. His soul has seen. He's a soul seer. Soul seer. So yeah. So the the um. So we, 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 Mike has the, I mean, Mike, I'm, I'm calling you Mike because you had Mike Nada for a while over there. Um, so <laughs> Nada fits. sees, <laughs> so Nada uh, has the glasses and the next morning he picks them up after, after a night of raids and, um, they just demolished the, the that place. <laughs> Exactly. That was an overkill. Uh, but the thing is like, yes, I know they're trying to get the, the rebels, yeah, I'm trying to get the rebels and all, but then there's like, why take out the shanty town? Is that because Gabriel uh, Gilbert was uh, there? Or? No, I think it's just to hit home the cruelty of the state, and you know, it's it's a homeless shanty town. It's probably being bulldozed, so a giant high rise apartment building can be built on that that uh, territory. So it, it could that I think that's the kind of the g- genius of the movie is it could entirely be related to the plot, and they know that like the rebels are are using this as kind of a home base or it could just have absolutely nothing to do with it. It's just the economics of like, yeah, get rid of the homeless people. Um, and it, interesting is like, it's, 
they're like working homeless too. Like yeah. uh, Frank mm-hmm. and Nada, they work in construction. Like they are getting mm-hmm. paid. We would think like decent wages for that physical labor. There's like electricity in the shanty town. They're watching TVs, um, but it's just like they have showers. A, they have shower. It's a <laughs> it's a level of poverty that literally can be wiped out by like a bulldozer and the yeah. authority of the police. Um, yeah, I think it's it's yeah. This movie's so political. It's crazy. Well, it's crazy. Like I mean, just what you said. Living in Seattle, current state right now, um, seven months ago, that was the norm. They were doing that in parts of the quote unquote jungle. Uh, they were doing that under the bridge. They were doing that over uh, off of uh, um, Alborn and whatnot. And and you saw that like they would go in, they would do a clearing and then uh, level the area. So mm-hmm. it, and, and then then all of a sudden new businesses would spring up or whatnot. And it's like, what is going on? Because that's not the that growing up around the the seattle area that's not the the thing that would be the norm so i was i was starting to draw a lot of like they live moments <laughs> yeah so now because of this he he's found the the glasses he puts them on and <laughs> he right away he uh he sees this old elder lady with the with the skull face <laughs> mm-hmm. and he just starts uh, like what is it what do you call her um he was he was capping on her big time dude he it's like is this where he says it's like pouring perfume on a pig or is that an, a lady yeah. later no, that was that's when the the lady um is looking at herself in the mirror oh that's right but this is where he says she has a uh what's the name of the chemical the, the, formaldehyde? The right? oh yeah there you go formaldehyde face formaldehyde. yeah exactly and then Man. uh of course right away the lady starts communicating with people saying that we have a seer or a, awaken or something like that. For I've got one yeah. who can see something like that. Yeah. And, and the way uh, they keep describing white male, five eleven, one fifty, blonde hair. <laughs> Could be anybody. <laughs> and uh, right away we see uh, that that convenience store is filled with like three or four people that are that are aliens. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we're considered they're, they're aliens, right? Even though they 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 look. Like humans without without yeah. skin, yeah, yeah, transdimensional yeah. aliens. <laughs> and so, yes, yeah, so we, we he, then he that's when he goes outside he, and he continues to like just be obnoxious. I believe I feel like to the people he continues to see like that. Yeah, and then um, that's when the the cops show up um, and try to arrest him. He could, he those really bad cops. They they let him they let him like kick their ass pretty quickly. It was part of the training. <laughs> <laughs> I want it's Roddy Roddy Piper too. So yeah, yeah. true. Kind of just like uh, gets a drop on him. Yeah, Literally. and this is where he he escapes and um, he meets Holly, um, who is this um, this lady who works at the the news station. Like, and that and ends up being the the main news station, right? The radio yeah. station or news uh, broadcast cable cable fifty four mm-hmm. cable fifty four. Yeah, um, who he takes at gunpoint, but. Um, he kind of lets his guard down once they're at her place. And then we see the most, to me, the most ridiculous thing of this movie. Uh, she kind of like hits him over the head and like, he goes flying out of the window. And like how um, many stories was that? I mean, did anybody count? <laughs> yeah. It was like three, three, four stories. The oh, thing, my, my issue with that is that, that I used to work with a, uh, at a place where they do curtain walls and, and yeah. uh, window walls like that. 
Mm-hmm. Those windows would not break that easy, and I get it that that's the movie thing, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. But it always it always bothers me, like those those windows and stuff are used uh, depending on where you live, of course. Um, but like the, like here in Texas, those windows are supposed to be able to take impact from from hurricanes and, and stuff like that. But a, a simple crack to the head from um, from a uh, I don't know if it was a vase or a whatever. vase, yeah. Uh, also, that house is literally a multi-million dollar house in the hills. Yes. Yes. <laughs> they don't establish what Holly does at Cable 54, but unless she's president of the network, she's not living there. <laughs> she's the the way that they they just pay you. They pay you. They did drip money on you because you're doing such a good job. So she just yeah, but yeah, again that that could be part of like the messages, like the economics is like she has a base level job and she can live in this lavish lifestyle while we have you know blue collar construction workers living literally in a shanty town. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. that's the norm. <laughs> <laughs> what don't you get? <laughs> just... I think it's at this point she's she's oblivious to what's going on, and uh, so she calls the police on him, and he goes rolling down for like five minutes, rolling down the hill. Uh, <laughs> that is a really long roll down. <laughs> I, I'm I was trying to remember what movie that reminded me of where there our protagonist is just rolling down the hill trying to uh, trying to stop. Um, um uh, oh oh grown ups too in the wheel when uh when uh uh they put him in the wheel and they spin him down the hill. And he just uh, rolls hot rod with Andy Sandberg. Yeah, there you go. Oh, there you go. There that's, <laughs> that's what it was. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was Citizen Kane. Citizen Kane. Citizen Kane. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think it really was what it was. It was Homer Simpson going down the gorge. Um, okay. <laughs> just for we no, should no, no. we I, should talk about the actress who plays Holly. Meg yeah. Foster, Meg Foster, mm-hmm. Evil Lynn from the Masters of the Universe right? movie, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my god! I was trying she's... to remember where she's from, and I saw her. Uh, she was on that. She was. Um, she came on a, a lot of different things. Kind of, I guess I don't know. That's the one I remember her from the most, though. Honestly, like almost every role she ever played, like is I don't know. She was cast. Those eyes, they yeah, they, they mm-hmm. exude mm-hmm. this this look. Like you see her come on screen, and you're like. Oh man, she's like she draws you in, but then all of a sudden, bam! You know something She'll bad's get gonna you. happen. She gets those you. evil green eyes. Oh my god, <laughs> alluring but deadly at the same time. Yeah, she has a like. Um, she has a very interesting presence, like especially in this movie, because mm-hmm. at first she's like a hostage and she's just trying. She's play. She seems to be playing in a in a higher level of acting than Roddy is. So all oh of their scenes god. are kind of like she's like. She, I think she's also as an actress treating Roddy Piper as a crazy person, and as a character treating <laughs> Roddy Piper as a crazy person. <laughs> right? Oh my god! Oh, I was going to say uh, this is where he ends up going back to Frank, right? Um, no, no, this is before that. He ends, he this is where he goes to the uh, to the uh, the bank. With oh, he's already been at the bank because that's where he kidnapped. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Is he? Yeah, oh, that's right. That's, that's right. Yeah, yeah. He needs a yeah. second pair of glasses now. He's got to go back to the trash can. Yeah, the trash can. Oh, I, I we skipped the bank part, but I was I was gonna say he is a surgeon with that shotgun. Like he Ow. hits everybody he wants to hit with a shotgun. Yeah, he's got that perk. Uh, yes, <laughs> a little fallout reference for anyone out there. <laughs> he, he got a he got the uh, the pre order pre order perk from GameStop. Shotgun surgeon. Oh, like, cacao, yeah. cacao. 
But the, the later on, he's he's firing his automatic weapon, and like he only hits the the aliens. He didn't hit any innocent people that we see. And it's like, man, this guy is uh, this guy's a master of all the of all of all weapons. Jack he's got a master him then. background we don't know about. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah that's true. The thing is that, that when you see him, it, well, him and Frank, I think at the at the time when they show up with the the assault rifles, they're just going crazy. Yeah. But when we see the, what there's going on, that's only the, the aliens are going down. I'm like, what the heck is going on here? They're good. They are good. <laughs> it's it, they should get him to go up against Arnold Schwarzenegger in those movies instead mm-hmm. of those guys, the stormtroopers they normally have. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, so okay, so so I jumped us back. But now he's he's going back to to try to retrieve the the other set of glasses that he he left in the trash can, which are now in the in the um the with the garbage truck. Garbage truck uh, has got him. Mm-hmm. Oh no! This, this is another part that kind of threw me out. He goes in real easily, right? Yeah. Uh, and then uh, he finds it, and then the, the the truck starts to to just leave all the trash back where it picked it up <laughs> from. Yeah. But he gets so scared that he's gonna fall out. But it's like it's like a two foot drop, right? He's like, oh, oh, oh. he's like trying to fall back up, and all the trash is just like paper. Exactly. <laughs> I was gonna say I don't, I don't get why they left them there. There's no there's no reason rhyme or reason why they would, they would pick all that up and then just leave it there. Well, I think the idea is that he's it. opened the ha- like he's opened the back. So it's because he's opened the back when the truck is kind of pulling out, like the trash is gonna be falling out. I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Maybe. It is a weird part. He's, he's just lucky that it's not one of those trash cans that, or trash trucks, or garbage trucks that that compact everything in the back while before they take off. True. True. Well, I think that's part when they're when they're pulling when that that movement was going up to do that upward motion, but he had the back hatch open. That's the compaction portion. So oh, maybe it was maybe. pushing him pushing it out. I've had this happen to me once or twice uh, in my younger days. I know you always keep the hatch open. College, so you man. Get out. Yeah, after I watched this, I was like, that's how he, that's how you don't die. Okay, so, you know, I was getting all the good groceries from Safeway. But um, the uh, the the truth of the matter, yeah, they just, they, they put it into compaction mode. They're done. They're jamming out to whatever was on the radio, and they're out. They didn't care. Job was done. I guess he's, uh, what's it called? This is the kind of truck that they used in Rabid at the end. Remember how they oh, just yeah. opened the back and they just throw yes. people in there? Yeah, when they threw they threw the main character into the back. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Another she's, movie that just ends kind of in middle middle of action. Yep. Oh, she's dead. Boom, boom. Garbage yep. truck. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, he gets the he gets the glasses. He he decides he's gonna go look for Frank. Um, Frank thinks he's there for his payday and um, he's just trying to get him but Frank's scared of him of course because Frank has a family, wife and kids and he's been nothing but news and trouble exactly Uh, man Keith David's voice is is just like so powerful in this Uh, and from what I read from what I read, it was his portrayal in in the thing that got him the role for the, for this movie, because Carpenter did not want to have just a regular sidekick character in the movie. He wanted someone who can actually be like hold his own. Yeah, and his his presence in the thing actually helped um, influence this particular character, um, and he actually wrote him with him in mind. Dude, wait, um, they're together. It's almost like it, it is like a the best buddy buddy movie. Like mm-hmm. from that point on, it's like, oh man, this is a solid. Like the the duo is great. <laughs> yeah, I'd watch a movie with just the two of them. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah. Did you know that Kurt Russell was supposed to be the lead in this? What? Oh, interesting. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. John Carpenter uh, wrote it for Kurt Russell, but then decided, like, you know, I just had was it three or four movies with <laughs> Kurt Russell that painted <laughs> for people <laughs> before I get, I guess, I guess, get known as the, uh, I guess, like, what's his name? Um, Tim Burton and and Johnny Depp kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, man, <laughs> their package deal. Yeah. Oh, you Greg? Yeah. I said little man crush. There you go. Yeah. You gotta you get me, you get him. That's how it goes. Yeah, John so, Carpenter so, and Walt Disney have something in common. Both love Kurt Russell. That's <laughs> true. Oh my gosh, computer wore tennis shoes. Yes, good movie. Do you, do you know like like the um right before Walt died, like when they found his like his his body? Like they found a yeah. notepad that just had <laughs> Kurt Russell written on it. Are you serious? <laughs> like, yeah, literally, it just, it just, what? like, Walt wrote down Kurt Russell on a notepad and then died. And they've, they've talked to, like, Kurt Russell's like, I have no idea. Like, I wasn't, I don't know why. <laughs> like, I wasn't working on a movie. I wasn't doing anything with them at that point. But, like, may, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe he wanted me for something and then that killed him. Walt, Wait, are you being serious, serious? Or are you just I'm 100% serious. Like, <laughs> oh my God. the last written words by, by Walt Disney was Kurt Russell on a notepad. <laughs> Walt wanted OMG. his essence transferred into Kurt Russell to live. Oh, like child's birth. play style. Yes. Yes. He was, he didn't complete, he didn't complete the, the, the spell, the incantation. How do we know that he didn't? Oh my God, Mike. Whoa. Oh, mind blown. We all thought just, Guardians of the Galaxy just... too. Oh, and that's how the Fast and the Furious 7 totally makes sense. That's funny because I, I actually, um, I I went to Google and put Walt Disney and I put Kate and I put Kurt Russell. <laughs> I ain't lying. Oh, Lord. That's funny. I, I didn't read it though. Anyway, uh, um, it scared so you. So we now, we now um, get to the point of the movie that, that, um, I was talking about last night. I was like, we have this, this like seven minute fight, which is considered one of the best fight scenes in any movie. But I feel like, and I told, I told, I told Greg before um, David to watch the movie and goes, I feel like they needed some filler and they decided to film, film a fight scene. And they decided, you know what? Screw it. It's badass. I'll just put it all into the movie. Yeah. The movie's only 93 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. And from what I read, this is actually what happened. Uh, the fighting was only supposed to be 20 seconds and, and Carpenter was so impressed by the movie, uh, by the fight scene that he just left it all intact. And now this is from what I read. These were actual punches being thrown. So um, real fight. <laughs> real fight minus by uh, Jeff Amata, who mm-hmm. was a big time choreographer and he trained the two of them for like two months before they took three days to film it. Oh, the only only thing that was not real was the the eye was it an eye gouging and a and a um or headbutt and then the the crotch shot. That's the only thing that was not actual punches. Oh, they sold that crotch shot because I was feeling it in my guts. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, oh, I believed it. There's even a uh, like an outtake where Roddy Roddy Piper is like, man, this guy punches like a mule. <laughs> Dude, yeah, they look like they're exchanging some pretty rough ones because the, the the looks on their faces were like. Yeah, I I uh, 100% believe Piper would tell Keith David, like, yeah, just punch me for real. And then Keith <laughs> David would be like, yeah, okay, I guess you can punch me too. 
<laughs> neither one wanting to back down like for the macho like yeah, let's yeah. Just, just punch me for real it doesn't matter i don't care just punch me i don't care that's two and, tough guys just oh my god yeah. it's so rough <laughs> well this is like the easiest thing roddy has had to done in the last decade like he's used to just getting punched for real all the time it's like <laughs> i'm taking treat. a punch from mr t i can take a punch from keith david <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Okay, but with this with this fight scene, I feel like this fight scene is a bit of a metaphor for like the like again with the political overtones, like uh, making comparison when you're trying to awaken a friend or make them like quote unquote woke, right? You're like, listen to me, this is what's happening, and then the people don't want to listen. Yeah, like trying to get someone out of a cult or something. It's like yeah. <laughs> you mean Twitter during any election? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just oh, yelling into the yeah. void. Hey, put the glasses on. Listen, Andrew Yang has a lot of good points. Just listen to him. <laughs> <laughs> I joke. I like Andrew Yang. Good guy. <laughs> so what I was going to say, how, how is it that, that Keith David did not like come out and and like lead roles like at time after time after time um, especially with this movie and then with the thing i feel like he he has this presence that he could be a lead man i think that's the racism <laughs> well, maybe probably yeah, yeah. absolutely no. yeah i mean so, you've got just, like think about this time period the only like think of like lead black actors especially like genre actors um yeah can you name any? Uh, you've got Action Jackson, and that's about it. So there probably just wasn't a lot being made or offered for him to like take lead roles. Um, I mean, it took a cartoon for him to become the lead in a in yeah. a franchise. The and I, I I didn't even know he was in nine episodes of Mister Rogers. Yeah, really? Who was he? Keith the handyman. Yeah. That's awesome. I didn't even know that. <laughs> oh, oh my God. Mike, he was in Disco Godfather. Yes. Yeah, he was. Yeah. Oh my God. I didn't know. I feel uh, now I'm now I'm really sleeping. <laughs> you guys. Um, <laughs> whoa, you guys could cover uh, Avenging Disco Godfather because there's some horror movie elements to that. Like you need some Rudy Ray Moore on this uh, on this podcast. Oh, my God. That'd be good. <laughs> we should put your oh, weight on it. Put your yeah. weight on it. That was a, that was another movie you made me watch in college. Okay. Oh yeah, those like um, I feel like you should thank me for putting putting you on the Dolomite train before everyone yeah. else did. Oh, oh for sure, for sure. <laughs> I was like, what am I? I'm I know, this is great. <laughs> I know we're going off rails here, but um, the reason I know Dolomite is from Matt TV, Dolomite Junior. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> Matt yeah. TV. Which oh, like God. that's oh. pretty. I like I did not watch Mad TV. Uh, not to further digress, I didn't watch a lot of Mad TV, but I watched that sketch, and I was like, "That sketch is so deep dive." Like they were <laughs> writing it for literally like, the ten people who remembered Rudy Ray Moore at that point. Like, yeah, the the jokes and references are so obscure. Like they are writing that for themselves, and yeah, more power to them for getting it on TV. But I could see like the average Mad TV od- like audience being like, "I don't, I don't understand what's happening here." <laughs> right. <laughs> Whoa. Or being like, so, yeah, oh, so, this is funny, but like like the like the, the meat of the jokes is so like heavy referencing obscure seventies low budget black exploitation. 
<laughs> so going back into his credits, it wasn't until Gargoyles and then Spawn where he's like the lead person. Yeah. Yeah. And then everything else after wow. that. And then he got Mary's dad and something about Mary. Yep. Mm-hmm. Put the Frank Except above the, the beans or the beans above the Frank. Yeah. <laughs> Which is, and in my mind is the first role that I remember him in mm. growing up. Um, which is which is kind of weird, but I mean, I heard him in Gargoyles before that, but I just didn't place him. Mm-hmm. Anyways, we're, we're, let's let's get this this train back on on the rails. <laughs> <laughs> All right, back on the rails. Um, from then on, it's Frank and and Nada just you know laying waste to these aliens. They end up going to uh, this underground resistance meeting um, where they're. I guess their their shades or their their glasses are are uh, replaced with contact lenses. You know, that's um, modern, right? Yeah, very. Oh, that was like when when they got to the door. I was like, why is that guy not wearing sunglasses? What's going on? How can he tell that they're real or not not aliens? <laughs> and then the the lady says, "Don't worry, we're all we're all human here." I'm like, "Yeah, that's what you say, but I can't tell." <laughs> mm-hmm. Which in in um. Shortly after Holly appears, you know they're trying to they're trying to tell the the um what's it called the plan. Holly yeah. appears and and is like, "What the heck?" Um, she starts to apologize before everybody gets laid waste, um, except for the three of them, because the police income and and just once again overreacting with uh with all the explosives and all. Um, they escape by using one of the teleport. Teleports, right? Am I, am I, did I remember that correctly? Yeah, there's the alien wristwatches. Like, open, they accidentally mm-hmm. kind of figure out how to work it, and it opens up the portal that they can escape through. And I think <laughs> and at this end- point, like Holly, um, is Holly separated from him? Right? Like Frank and yeah. uh, and Nada, like they get separated yes. from Holly, and she's the one who the, their plan is to blow up the the transmitter at the top of Cable Fifty Four. Yeah. Um, but she, the, her reveal is like she's like, no, I work there, and it, the signal's coming out clean, um, and like for and Nada's all like, oh, I've recruited you, romantic subplot here, but yeah, yeah and so I love two you. dudes escape through the portal. Yeah, it's moves very fast. Um, they escape into the portal and uh, end up, uh, I don't know where it's supposed to be, but where the aliens hang out. Yeah, I was confused by this because there it looks like they're in a building, but then they go down to. Um, another portion and they're in space. So yeah, like, that's like, a, what is going on? I guess the transdimensional alien spaceport. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, they, they got to have an airport or a place to, you know, get from place to place. It's, it's mm-hmm. just how it is, you know, and it, it looked really neat. Like, pew, pew. I, I, I do like the fact that the guy that's showing them all this is like, I don't get it. It's something with lights and bending of light and stuff yeah. like that. I'm like, and he's, uh, He's one of the guys they knew from earlier, uh, who's yes. played by the uh, the great character actor Buck Flower, um, <laughs> who I like. Uh, he, I think a lot of people recognize him from like he usually plays like this kind of character in a lot of like seventies and eighties genre movies. Like he's in like Waxwork Two or um, mm-hmm. like um, how is it like The Wilderness Family? Like he usually has like these kind of like small character parts um waxworks is another one we can we can oh, do a deep dive sure. on that yes 
but yeah so like i don't mind his his whole not knowing how it works and kind of trying to explain it to us but not knowing the thing because i mean that's science fiction right you don't have to know the particulars of it just kind of just but but at least acknowledge that you don't know how it works um it is interesting like why the aliens recruited this guy like what does yeah. this guy have to offer the like evil economic alien overlords of Los Angeles? He's just He's like a smooth a talker. He is kind of a smooth <laughs> yeah, yeah. talker, I'd say. The con man. Yeah. Um, but the thing is that like we notice, well, we are told that the rich and any, pretty much anybody who is willing to be, you know, to work for them will be compensated with money. Mm-hmm. So he even says, it was like, well, we can afford it now, you know. So don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. Um, he gets wasted uh, as soon as they as soon as they they get guns. Um, oh no, he escapes. The oh, drifter yeah, he, escapes. Oh, he does? Yeah, he, yeah, he goes oh, through a portal. Right. I think he yeah, even yeah, says right, like Tootaloo right. or something, and then he like yeah. disappears down a portal. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That he he does. Or he does. Bye, boys. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> and we, he even says like we're not supposed to use them until. Unless it's an emergency, and goes, but it's too damn, um, it's too damn fun. Fun, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, oh, so we get the reveal, another reveal here. Um, the whole movie, I was thinking this is going to be one of those things like in Total Recall, where where the uh, the supposedly helper friend turns his back on them. And I'm like, man, when is Frank going to turn his back on on this guy? And no, oh. it's Holly. <laughs> Yep. Yeah, I caught it. I I I knew something was going to happen. I just got the wrong person. Frank was there. His ride or die, man. They were they were together forever. Yeah, she <laughs> shoots Frank in the head, right? Yeah, like she comes up oh, behind him was... and shoots him in the head. Ooh, that's yep. a rough yep. one. Yeah, just well, the thing is that she does it like it doesn't even look like she's struggling with it. She just comes up to him and boom. Yep, it's those uh, ice we cold don't see eyes. It, but... Well, yeah. dude, she just she. You got to remember her first introduction. After her first introduction, she's like, "You're in control. You're, you know, you got the gun. Whatever that, you know, you'll. I'll see whatever you want me to see. Oh and yeah, I'll see whatever you ice, want me to see. Yeah, and then ice cold throws him out the window. Boom. <laughs> like she doesn't give zero. She's she's out of them. She cares not. So she she'll ice a dude in the stairwell. <laughs> That's interesting. Is like, me. did Holly know? Or did has Holly known the whole time and she's a collaborator? Or did she become a collaborator after interacting with Nada? Like I was trying to figure that out the whole time. Yeah, it's a good it's a good mystery. Like at what point was she turned? Like before we even met her? Yeah. Or because of these events, the aliens were like, Oh, you you know some things. We'll give you even more money so you can afford your even more fabulous house, you know. Or My because she worked with, that- with the the radio station that she's already getting paid off. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say the inner workings. My and, issue with that that it happened afterwards is that I don't I don't think it was too long of a time from when she's at the resistance base to yeah. the time where they're they're going up the the stairwell. Yeah, till that in case she was not a collaborator at that time, she got turned quick. She got once and, she got turned quick, and she changed her clothes so fast <laughs> because she was wearing a full on like pantsuit at the at the at the um, meeting, and then she was like wearing like some comfortable casual wear at the at the studio, and I was like, "What happened? Like, when did you change in that time frame? Because it wasn't that long." And two, like, yeah, when did you change? <laughs> <laughs> So she, so Nada gets to the top. He decides he's gonna go ahead and knock out the, the dish that's transmitting the. Uh, I get, what what are we calling this? The blinder, I guess. This, I would say the signal. Yeah, 
the signal. So <laughs> yeah, so um, he knocks it. He knocks it out, but not before he gets gunned down by the by the helicopter. And uh, we we finish up with what how Mike said. And we finish up with everybody, um, pretty much being able to see the aliens now. Um, being all, and then it's oh, I think it's hilarious is that they're just sitting around and they're like, what's well, what's going on? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what? You and then see me? <laughs> and then we we end with the nudie scene. Yep. Um, Nip slip. <laughs> that was no slip. It is so. It is absolutely the most like eighties looking like hot chick you can imagine. Like she's got like the big hair. She's got like, you know, a perm and she's got like the weirdest like eighties boobs, <laughs> which I, I believe that all boobs have a decade they belong in. Um, and she's got, <laughs> um, and then that last shot, like you see her. And then in the shot of the dude, she's riding. It's the, and it's the alien dude. He's like, what's the matter, baby slam cut to credits. I'm like, that is, that is the perfect ending. Oh my god! <laughs> That's yep, nailed it. <laughs> well, what's so great is that the guy who choreographed the fight scene, Jeff Amata, played most of the aliens, uh, including the one yeah. who was getting rid of the end there. Nice, good for him. <laughs> he also played the 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 female aliens. They're, they're even wearing heels and all. Female aliens. Mammalian. So we we actually had. Um, David, do a deep dive on this. Oh, um, yes. Do you want to tell us what you found, David? Uh, yeah, quite a bit, but also there's a lot more, I'm sure. Um, so we'll start with uh, Saul, uh, 2016 Doctor Who, Idiot's Lantern. Uh, there's a scene where they're doing the glasses and they're fighting with each other. Um <laughs> The, the Simpsons have done it. Uh, a lot of movies have parodied the fight scene, of course. Uh, South Park did the cripple fight when they reintroduced uh, Jimmy and Timmy together. <laughs> uh, they do it like shot for shot. Um, Green Day, three years ago, uh, in their music video Back in the USA, which we all watched, of course, uh, did a whole shot for shot of the Blue Aliens. Um mm-hmm. A lot of rap albums have uh, sampled like different uh, lines from it all, um, but probably like the biggest. Uh, well, and then of course Roddy doing his glasses on and off has become a big meme with like people seeing something or pointing something out. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the biggest one for me is that uh, I was never allowed to have a skateboard because my grandma said I was not coordinated, which you know is up for debate. <laughs> but i had friends who were into skateboarding and they i always saw like obey clothing everywhere the big skate line um and so there's this artist uh street artist shepherd uh i'm gonna say fairy fairy shepherd fairy yeah yeah and so um he did the andre the giant um has a posse uh campaign and i was watching a lot of interviews with him and he talked about how after watching They Lived, he was inspired to sort of do that stenciling work. And then that translated into like uh, reconfiguring Andre's face into a smaller frame, uh, which then sparked the whole uh, clothing line and streetwear. And uh, um, that Obey line took straight from the, the movie. Oh, wow. Nice, nice. 
David bringing the goods. <laughs> uh, yeah, the, like I said before, this is one of those movies that I knew a lot of the elements before even watching it. And it's so ingrained in pop culture. And I, like we said before, it's now even more relevant now than when it first came out. Oh, totally. So, yeah. Oh, and, and the, okay. The best one is that two years ago, it's not Mitch McConnell, but Mitch O'Connell is a street artist. And he uh, tried to like GoFundMe to put a billboard up in New York, but they didn't do it. So they put the billboard in Mexico and it's uh, uh, our current president as one of the blue aliens. Um, and you can see it right over the border or in 2015 when they put up the, the billboard. It's him as the, the blue aliens. Ah, <laughs> seems legit. Checks out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Believable. Orange alien. Not, not blue. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I wasn't, I forget, forgot about that. The first time that we see the aliens in color is at the very end when oh, everyone's yeah. able to see them without, without the yeah. shades. I kind of like when um, he was wearing the sunglasses and everything's black and white, you know? Yeah. It's so well, stark. Also, yeah. Um, there's a movie with Ryan Reynolds gonna come that's gonna come out. Um, where he's like a superhero. Oh, type Green of Lantern. Guy. <laughs> no, yeah. No. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's green. Yeah, and he's an alien, and he can make cool stuff like Hot Wheels cars. Yeah, that's good stuff. No, I think it's called Every Man or something like that. Oh, um, it's um Free Guy. Free Guy. Is that what it is? Free Guy. Oh, yeah, he's totally a, he's a Grand Theft Auto NPC who becomes self aware. Ah, yeah. And the way he becomes is that he picks up the the shades off of a off of a playable character, right? Yeah, yeah. So he gets the heads up display of a, like a human player, and he realizes, "What? I'm in a game." <laughs> oh no! If you have not seen that 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 preview, I wouldn't recommend it. Go look for it. It's 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 actually looks pretty good. Yeah, go watch it now, right now, while we're doing and, the podcast. And sometime in the far future, <laughs> we'll actually be able to watch the movie. Yeah, it was supposed to come out this exactly. summer, and now it's been pushed to sometime in the future. Stream it. Yeah, everyone, everyone says coming soon. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> yeah, well, coming to I streaming. Like the, maybe. Yeah, studios uh, do the responsible thing. With things, AMC, yeah, the thing with like AMC, like um, possibly going down. I feel like a lot of these places are just going to start going straight to stream. Yeah, most likely. And there's there's gonna be there's gonna be someone who's able to to make sure that cinema or theaters uh, live, but I I think it's gonna be the future now. Just stream it straight to your home. The thing is that the, those movies I think are like twenty bucks, and yeah. you have it for forty eight hours. So yeah. I don't know I don't know if that's gonna catch on. Oh no! That yeah, that's that's made... the problem is that people yeah. people are cheap and they won't they won't pay the kind of prices that need to be charged for first, like first run home movies because they'll be Mm -hmm. like, Oh, like I'm not going to pay. They would have plunked down $30 to go to a theater and pick their own seat and get popcorn and go see black widow. They won't plunk down $20 to watch black widow in their own house. Like Mm -hmm. that's going to be the thing is like how, what, what movie is going to be the sea change to make? And it might be black widow. Like there's enough Marvel fans who might want to do that. But that's yeah. going to be the biggest obstacle is like getting people to pay what they need to pay in order mm-hmm. to pay for these movies that can't be released right now. Or they'll just yeah, hold everything until the, this is over. Yeah, they're going to have to go on the honor system. How many people are going to be watching this movie? Be honest yeah. now. <laughs> and that's, yeah, it's um, going to be tough. 
So, Mike, anything that we want to talk about on um, on they live before we 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 um, we final we finish up here? Uh, the the soundtrack. Can we talk about how amazing oh. that like harmonica yes. synth score is that sets the tone for this movie so beautifully? Um, it's like because so Carpenter's we'll talk- a great composer, um, and this this is one of his best soundtracks. I think, even though it's so simple, like it's one of his best work. It is pretty solid. When it's he said he made we, it up as he went along, he like didn't pre uh, like score it. He kind of sort of uh, adjusted as the the screening went along. Yeah, it has the oh. same feeling like we talked about last last week with the the thing how the how the soundtrack is very eighties. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, and another tidbit of trivia um, for the opening shots where like uh, Nada is like getting to town and he's walking along like the rail railroad, like area kind of industrial zone. I used to, that used to be my um, commute to work every day was that same stretch. Uh, And I watched that. Like when I first started my commute, it looked very similar to how it did in the movie. And now it looks entirely different. Like the, the railroad yard, like they, they don't trains don't go through there. Like most of like the junkyards have kind of been cleared out. Um, it's now, yeah, it looks entirely different. Um, but it was fun, like for a while, like trying, like I'm, I'm following Jack Nada's path. And you know. <laughs> did you, did you do it? Did you put on the shades? Did you get the the green? White I did. I, I wore my my blue flannel, sunglasses, my big oversized <laughs> army backpack. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So another thing I found right here, um, other people that were were rumored to play Nada. Tom Cruise, Patrick Swayze, Sylvester Stallone, David Hasselhoff, and Johnny Depp. Wow, Johnny I, Depp would be weird. Uh, but I could absolutely see um, a Patrick, Patrick Swayze. Swayze. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. For sure. What about the Hoff? Anybody else see the Hoff? Uh, if it was a made-for-TV no. movie. Yeah! No, <laughs> no, no, no. Oh, God, no. Yeah, I can picture right. him eating a hamburger. Oh... <laughs> That's just like because that's post yeah. Night Rider pre Baywatch, so yeah, yeah, I could kind of see where they'd be like, yeah, we could probably pre cheesy. <laughs> yeah, he probably he probably do all right. He's looking good, chiseled. Tom Cruise would just make it into a Tom Cruise movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he'd be too short. I think Keith David would have towered over him. Dude, <laughs> I know. Like during the fight scene, after he finally like knocked Keith David out, doves would fly out of like a garbage can. <laughs> is John Woo directing this now? <laughs> I was yeah. going to say that. <laughs> you know, they would have to. They would have to film um, that fight scene at an angle to where John Woo uh, was like the same height as as Keith David. Totally, <laughs> he's just standing on apple boxes the entire time. The whole time. <laughs> uh, yeah. Any, anything else we want? Anything else? Uh, Super Seven just did some. They live action figures. Uh, in their retro line. Oh, really? They did two of the aliens because they couldn't get the likeness rights for Roddy or anyone else. So they just did two of the aliens. And the figures look really great, but... (laughs) Are those um, on their website? Yeah, I'm sure they're on the website, yeah. Okay, cool. I'm going to look it up. Along with the Red Dawn action figures. Yes! Oh, nice. They did two two two-packs. So you can now get a Patrick Swayze, Jennifer Grey two-pack. And um, Uh who's... I think... 
um, Charlie Sheen's character and the the Cuban general, so Superfly. So you can get a Superfly um, Charlie Sheen two pack. Okay. So there was a proposed remake that was in in development back in twenty nineteen uh, twenty ten. I mean, and uh, but after they kind of announced it, they we have not heard anything from it. With Matt Reeves was saying to to direct at that point, direct and write. Um, unfortunately, with there, I don't know. This is there's certain movies that I feel like they shouldn't be remade, and if they do remake them, they just need to hit it right because then that the, the whole, I don't have problems with remakes. I actually don't mind remakes. I'm not one of the people who will say the remake will ruin the, the original movie because uh, if you don't like the remake, just don't watch it. Right. Right. Uh, at the same time, though, it's like if you're going to remake it, you need to make sure you do it right because you want to you want to see it um, make money. The only way you're going to be able to make money is if you do it right by the fans. Mm-hmm. True. Either that or just catch a new a whole new new wave of, of people. I'd honestly be more interested in a sequel at this point. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, do it. Do it like where it's a sequel where. Like you don't necessarily need to have seen the um, first one, but you do it like show that world and show how like nothing changed with the reveal of the aliens. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. And just like, Wild. yeah, we accept that there's alien overlords who like crush humanity under economics and have people be like, okay with it because some humans are included. So, you know, like Will Rogers said, America is a country made up of temporarily embarrassed millionaires. Like people yeah. all think they're going to be rich someday. So they refuse to like take action against like the rich people crushing their necks. They're like, Oh, I might be rich someday and just take that idea and have it be like Keith David's kids that he referred to, you know, like mm-hmm. who like wonder what happened to their dad and like start figuring out and they learn stuff. And, you know, like, yeah, I'd go for a sequel. That yeah, I can good. see that. I can definitely see that. I mean, that's that is what your your show, your podcast is about, right? <laughs> All right, yeah. I'm like, come listen to. Maybe we'll do a They Live uh, Burn After Pitching episode. Ooh, there you go. You or maybe just that. a John Carpenter sequel episode. Oh yeah, I can see that. That'd be solid. Where you just talk about all the different things that could be sequelized. Yeah, like a sequel where they about- go find, they go to Antarctica and they find Keith David and Kurt Russell frozen in Blocks yeah. of Ice. <laughs> And they nice. unfreeze Keith David, and oops, he's the thing. Aw, crap! <laughs> but we don't see we don't see anything happen. It's just Keith David walking around, <laughs> kicking ass, all from his point uh, of view. Yeah, <laughs> that would actually oh, that would actually be a pretty cool that like from it from them getting to the point. Okay, not to divert, not to not to go off the rails, but like from him getting to the point or them getting to the point of like unfreezing him, and then from that point when they unfreeze him, it's just a point of view movie like Henry, <laughs> <laughs> and it just goes crazy. <laughs> All right, guys, so we're right, we're going right to the to the limit here. Um, I want to thank. Mike for joining us and thank you for waking up so early on, on a Saturday morning to be with us for, for this episode. It's um, fine. Everything's any, fine. It's fine. <laughs> any final, <laughs> final thoughts on uh, they live. Uh, it's a fantastic movie. If you somehow have not managed to see this movie yet, what's wrong with you? Go see this movie. Just rent it. <laughs> it's available. Buy it. Um, 
Yeah, There's some probably some like really great Blu-rays like out there with like tons of special features. Check it out. Oh my god! Mm-hmm. Yeah, do mm-hmm. that. There's also He Lives the documentary. Get it, Greg. Final final thoughts. Uh, same same thing that Mike just said. Like I like get it, watch it, share it, show people this is fantastic. You know, put it in your collection, put it in your rotation, watch it every year. You should. It's good stuff. David, I'm all out of bubble gum, so <laughs> time to kick ass. <laughs> uh, this movie is amazing. Uh, time and time again, I'm grateful to be on this podcast to see more movies like this. Uh, uh, yeah, this is great. I need more movies like this, and uh, it it was wild having never grown up in that uh, era, but watching it and all of the things were like so wildly accurate to what's going on right now. Um, mm. we, we talked about this last week, how like during times of crisis, you see things through that lens, but like even still this movie just holds up to like politically what's been going on. Yep. Oops. Yeah, definitely. Uh, it, one of the, it's one of those movies that even when I watched it yesterday, it was like, man, this is such a great uh, movie. Even we're now getting to what? 30 years now. Well, not mm-hmm. even. We're almost. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, 35 30 years. maybe. Yeah. yeah. Um, a little more than thirty years, and it it uh it still holds up, just like the thing. It still holds up. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it's because I mean this one didn't have crazy special effects. The craziest thing was the the explosions, right? Where they have explosions, mm-hmm. and even then that wasn't it wasn't that spectacular. Um, but the just the way they filmed it. Um. I think Roddy Roddy Piper, even though he's not the best actor, his per- performance here just kind of does lead you to want to be like put yourself in his place, right? Mm-hmm. And um, and this yeah. is the whole thing, you know. Uh, what where what are we living right now? Is it people need to people? I guess you, you can decide if if you're awake or not. But um, it it is a lot more relevant. Like I said before, like twice already. I think it's a lot more relevant nowadays than it was back in the day, and. I, I just I, I feel like people just need to go out there and watch it. Mm-hmm. Yes. All right, guys. With that, that being said, I want to go ahead and thank everybody for joining us once again. Thanks, Mike, for for being with us on the on the show. Thank you um, for having me on. We'll make sure to put your information in the description so people can go out there and listen to your other podcast. Cool. Awesome. All right, guys. We'll leave it there. We'll figure out what we're going to do next week, and we'll see you guys. Uh, next time on there from the church. Return to be afraid. Are you a fan of things that go bump in the night? Chills up your spine, paralyzed by fright. Thrilled by horror at the center of a chat. Then welcome to the Nerds from the Crypt podcast.